Good morning. Today, Bezat Hashem, we're going to learn Daf Nun Aleph in Maseches Sukkah. We're going to start three lines from the end of Nun Amud Bez, Amar of Papa. We're talking about the band. We're going to get the band back. Barry's here, so now the band's back together. The band in the Beis HaMikdash that accompanied the Simchas Beis HaShoeva, okay, who comprised the members of the band? Now, if you've been to Chasana, you've seen the members of the band. You see some of the guys are Hasidish, some of the guys have like satin yarmulkes and long hair. So who was, who are the guys in the band? It's a three-way machlokas, amazingly. It's actually a Mishnah and Erechin. May we get there uh, soon. Says the Gemara. Amar Rav Papa, Kitanai, like we have, but Papa points out this Mishnah. Uh, maybe it's, it says Detanya. Maybe it should say Detanan. That's what the, uh, right? That's what the side changes it to because it is, in fact, not a Brisa, but a Mishnah. And the Mishnah and Erechin says the following. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Kitnai is the first word on Nun Aleph Amid Aleph. All right, so here we go. So Ditanya, like, or Ditnan, like it says in the Mishnah Erechim, Avdei Kohanim Ayu, three of Machlokas. One says that the Evid Kinanim, right, of the, of the uh, Kohanim families. Okay, interesting. That's where they got the band from. Okay. Divir Rebbe Meir. So that's a very cool band indeed. That's a cool name for a band, Avdei Kohanim. Uh, we got to work on that. The Canaanites, I don't know. That's David Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Mishpachas Beis Hapgarim, and Mishpachas Beis Tsipraya. The, the Pagras and the Tsipris, they were family names, and they were from a place called Ema'um. Ume Ema'um Hayu. They're from Ema'um. Shayu Mesi and the Kahuna. They would marry into the Kahuna. So you say, well, I guess that means that they're Kohanim. Rashi says, not so fast. Last wide. Right line, this fourth line over here, Yisrael miyuchasim. They're not, they're not marrying Kohanim because they're Kohanim, they're just very miyuchasim, the lineage is pure. And Nishain almanos of nosim re'uyas li nosile Kohanim. Right, Kohanim were an exalted, right, uh, part of Kal Yisrael, always. And, you know, for obvious reasons. And so they were, they were careful to marry miyuchasim. And somehow there was a city of miyuchasim. Eima'um. Okay. Uh, today it's Baltimore, or and Yerushalayim, obviously. Okay, but anyway, they they were married to the Kahuna. Rabbi Chanina ben Antignus Omer, Leviim Hayu. That makes kind of sense, right? Leviim, that uh, those were the ones that were singing. We're going to see uh, what would be the machlokas. In other words, why would you say Leviim? Why would you say Israeli Miuchasim? Why would you say Avdim Kohanim? Is there a fundamental underpinning to this machlokas as to who the band was? Or is it just kind of like a historical machlokas? Let's see. Says the Gemara. So Rav Papa brought up this Mishnah. So says Rav Papa, my love, maybe they're arguing about this thing. In other words, like this. We were already talking about this. What is considered the main shira? The choir and the singing or the actual band? What would be the nafkamina? Well, we know that Karbanos are Doche Shabbos, right? We're doing Perik, right? Hechalil now. So the, the first discussion in Perik Hechalil was that the Simchas Beis Shoeva didn't take place, right? The party didn't take place on Shabbos or Yantiv. The question is, Karbanos take place on Shabbos and Yantiv, obviously. And so if the band, if the, if the band is the Iker of the Shear that accompanies the Karban, so then why wouldn't it take place on Shabbos and Yantiv? Enachinami, there's a tikkun klish here, uh, gezerah, but that's first of all just a gezerah der banan. 
So we already discussed, Tosos points out, this party went on all night. You almost never see a band go all night without having to be metakin something, something, so it's almost like a psikrasha. Be that as it may, we do karbanos. That's a doraisa that's in, allowed on Shabbos. If this is truly ikr, part of the karbanos, then it should be allowed. So now we're handling it from the other way. We're saying, let's look at the band members and maybe we could figure out from the band whether this is something that's allowed, that's part of the avoda. After all, if it's part of the avoda, then I don't know that anybody could just do it, right? Maybe Israelim should not be allowed, for example, to be band members if this is actually considered avoda. Isn't that interesting? So it says like this. So, so again, my love alchemically. If you think it's the Canaanite slaves uh, band, then kasavar iker shira Buffet, right? Then you think that it's only the choir that's the avoda, and the reason why we're letting the 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 uh, avadim knanim be the band is because of the fact that it's not part of the avoda, and they're just accompanying it. Umanda amar levim hayu, and then at the end, when you say that it's levim, so then kasavar ikashir bechli, right? In other words, that implies you can't get into the band if you're not a levi. That's because the levim are the ones that have to sing. And the fact that the Levim have to be part of the band would imply that it's the part of the avoda of the singing is the musical accompaniment. However, the Gemara says, it doesn't fit the Gemara, the Mishnah and Erechen exactly. Why? Because Vitispera, do you think that this makes sense? Vitispera? Rabiosi Maika Savar. What would be Rabiosi's rationale? Remember, Meir says it could be Evikananim. Um, and the, and Rabbi Hanina ben Antigna says it has to be the Levim. So that makes sense. But why would Rabbi Yossi, who says it's Israelim miyuchasim, why would Rabbi Yossi have that shita? If it's not part of the avoda, then they don't have to be miyuchasim. If it is part of the avoda, then Israelim isn't good enough. It has to be Levim. So it says the Gemara, Rabbi Yossi, ma'ikasavar, ikasavar, ikashir b'feh, afilo avadim nami. Right? If it's just the choir that's part of the avoda, then the band could be everyone. It could be, right, avadim, kenanim and sons. And if you think the main thing has to be the, the, uh, the band, right, that that's part of the Shira, then Levim in Israelim love. Then Israelim in doesn't help you. Aha. So that's the issue. The question, the issue is that if the Iker Machlokis was whether Iker Shira was Befet or Bekli, then Shitas Rebiosi in Erechin would not make sense. So the Gemara says, no, here's how we have to explain now. Everyone holds it's the choir that's the Iker Shira. Here's the machlokis. It was a historical machlokis. <laughs> They're just having a machlokis about who, in fact, comprised of the band in those days. What was like the minhug in those days? But um, the only right that only works if you say that anybody could do it, and that the um, and that the band wasn't really part of the Iker avoda, right? Because obviously. Right, because obviously, if the band was part of the Ikar Voda, then only the Shita of Rav Hanina ben Antignus would make sense, right? That you wouldn't have a scenario where Yisrael and Yuchasim and Kananim were being part of the band, okay? So Gemara asks then, if this is a historical, uh, historical machlokas, then what do we have, what are we learning from it? Says the Gemara, Lamayin Afkamino, why then are we talking about who made up the band? 
if the only thing that matters as far as the avoda is concerned is who was in the choir, why should it even be a Mishnah and Erchin that disputes who did it? Like, who cares? Or write it at least like in a, right, in a history book. Don't write it as part of the Mishnah. The Mishnah is supposed to teach us some sort of halacha. So the Gemara explains, Lemalin miduchan leyuchasin ulemaiser kamiflagi. Rashi explains that, says Rashi, that there used to be this thing where it's called status, guys. If you have a certain status, being in the band or being up there had a certain status. It meant something. If you, you wouldn't be up there unless you had some sort of uh, status to be able to reach being up on the Dukhan. Let's see it in Rashi. In other words, so like this. It's, this is a machlokas. The machlokas is, does the fact that you're up there on the band floor, on the, on the bandstand or whatever it's called, does that mean that you're a, that you're a true blood levy? Why? Well, there's nafkaminas, right? If you're a real miyuchas, so that's one thing, that, because it has to do with, right, family yichas for shiduchim, but also maiserishon. You're only going to give the maiserishon to the levi. Not 100% clear who is and who isn't a levi. So if you've gone through the trouble to do your due diligence to find out that this guy's miyuchas, or to find out this guy is a real levi, so for purposes of maiserishon, if you're up there, that means you're a miyuchas levi, according to Rav Chadina, right Ben Antignus, and also for Shiduchim, it's good. You could write it on your resume. It would be one, like, one of the first three lines. Yeah, I was in the band. It's no big deal, right? To show you that I was standing on the Duchan, it's a real Yuchas. Okay. So he says, So now we have the three-way machlokas based off of this. Beautiful. How so? Because we're not sure. When you are up there, right, Baduchan, right? When we put you on this platform, uh, the bandstand, um, was, did it make a statement about the yuchus or did it make a statement about whether you're a levy? So now it all breaks down easily. According to Reb Mayer, who says that the, that the band, right, all wore satin yarmulkes, so kasavar ain't malin meduchin leyuchsin velolamaiser. You put no, right, importance at all into who in the, is in the band. You're not going to use that piece of information on the resume, not to give them meiser because they're not necessarily levium, and not even to marry them because they're not necessarily miuchas. They're just good players. They're p- good musicians. Oh, so now, Rabbi Yossi makes sense. If you say it's Israeli miuchasim, that just means that means that, yeah, you were only putting up chashiva people up there. So I wouldn't necessarily give them meiser. It doesn't mean that they're levium. Right, because everybody holds that the Ikar Vodos Buffet is the choir, not the band. But if you're in the band, that means that we checked your yichus, and that's a good thing to put on a Shidduch resume. And then finally, Rav Chanina ben Antignos, So he holds, we only put the Chash of up there, and therefore, if somebody's up there and he's playing in the band, then you better believe he's going to be getting either the Mashkiach's daughter or the Rosh Hashiva's daughter. There's only no other way to go. He's the, he's, he's top crop. He's, he's getting what they call in Israel Sidur Male. Okay? Alright. Now, let's go back to the Machlokas, Rabbi Yossi Behuda and the Chachamim. What was the Machlokas? Whether the Shir, right, um, was Doche Shabbos, right? 
So we'll talk about the Simchas Beisah Shoeva. We said the Simchas Beisah Shoeva is, is Simcha Yaseira, right? And we thought initially that, that the Simchas Beisah Shoeva was certainly not allowed, right? That's, that's what our Mishnah says. However, we have another version here. Right? That there is, in fact, the machlokas in the Shir Shoeva. In other words, Bar-Abba is quoting a version where the machlokas shifts. Again, we were saying, we had a mach- we thought we had a machlokas about the avoda, right? The shear that accompanied the avoda, whether that was Docha Shabbos or not. And that Simchas Beis Shoeva, everybody holds the Simcha Yaseira and is, and not down on Shabbos. That's what our Mishnah reflects. But now we're shifting it over. We're saying that everybody's going to agree that you, this, the songs of the Karban are Doche, Shabbos, and Yantiv, and that the Simchas Beis Shoeva is the, is the point of Machlok. It's as follows. Machlok, Okay, so it would be Rabbi Yosef Yehuda, according to this version, holds that the Simcha Yaseira is also Docha Shabbos. So as we see, they are shifting the Machlokas. Okay, why would a Simcha Yaseira even of, of Simchas Beis Shoeva be Docha Shabbos? So Rashi here does the math for us. He says, We said this before. What is the Yisr Malacha of playing an instrument. It's only tikkun mana. Hmm. Well, Shemei Takin Klishir, to, to fix the Klishir, Lechatchila would be a, a tikkun mana, which is a Melacha Daraisa. But the Gezer of, of playing is a Takana Darabanan, Shemei Takin Klishir. We already saw this at the very end of Erevin. That's a Shvus. If that's a Shvus, so Shvus Bemikdash should be Mutter, right? It's, it, but it's a question. Is this part of a temple, right, Avoda or not, right? That would be that. That's the rub over there, right? But certainly, it's a mitzvah. So Rashi's bringing out that uh, that machlokas. So, so the question would be like this: that the the only shaila would be right whether this mitzvah of simchas beis shoeva is enough of a mitzvah to override the, sh- the shvus. But certainly, aval shir b'shir shal karban diver kol Everybody would agree that the avoda would be doche the shabbos, right? Now, this is a kasha. This is what Rashi has to point out because it's not so pasha. It sounds like they're saying as a matter of fact and they're just kind of recording another, right? They're just kind of recording another version. But Rashi says, hi, lush and kushia. This is really a question, right? The question is, it sounds here like shoeva is the machlokas and korban is everybody's moda, right? So it just turns out, Rabbi Yomir Arba's understanding of the machlokas, right, is the opposite of what Yosef had said. So we have we have a challenge to Rabbi Yosef Mesve. Well, we had the challenge from the the, bris, the following brayzer. Shir shoshoeva doches a Shabbos. Diver Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yehuda. The Chachamim Omrim Af Yontev Ein Adoche. Right. We already had a machlokas by the Simchas Beis Shoeva. Tiyuf to the Rabbi Yosef. So that brayzer that seems undisputed seems to be a contradiction to Rabbi Yosef, who thinks that everybody holds, like our Mishnah, that the Simchas Beis Shoeva is not Docha Shabbos, right? Again, we shifted the Machlokas. By doing so, we kind of knocked out Rabbi Yosef's Pshat, Tiyufta, and the Gemara concludes that it is, in fact, a Machlokas. So the, the Brisa actually, is going to contend that we hold like Rabbi Yirmiyah Abba, that there's a Machlokas about the Simchas Beis Shoeva. Well, that's very significant. Right? Because we thought, based on our Mishnah, that everybody held that Simchas Beis Shoeva can't be done on Shabbos. 
So the Gemara says, wait a minute. Lema b'shirshah shayevahu depligi ava b'shirshah korban divya kol docha as a Shabbos? Wait a minute. Are you 100% sure that everybody holds that, that the shir that accompanies the korbanos is in fact docha Shabbos? Lema to have it to you to the Rabbi Yosef Batarti. Well, that would mean, as we are suggesting, that we, right, that Rabbi Yosef is wrong on both accounts. Rabbi Yosef thinks that the machlokas is by the korban and not by the shir. We're saying that the machlokas is by the simcha, by the korban, but not by the simchas beis rather. We think that the machlokas is by the simchas beis sheva and not by the korban. So it's like a double steer to Rabbi Yosef. So the Gemara says, Amalachar Rabbi Yosef, what Rabbi Yosef would answer would be that no. That pligi b'shir shashoeva v'huadin l'korban. That is just a machlokas. Once you have a shita, that the Simchas Beis Shoeva is mutter on Shabbos, so then that's the only one that you're going to record. Really, right, the Chiddush is that we are more, that the Chiddush is that we're makil to say, so to speak, that the Simchas Beis Shoeva can in fact take place on Shabbos. That's really the only machlokas, right? It, there's also machlokas, according to Rabbi by the Shir Shal Karbon, but Given both of those disputes, certainly you're going to record the one Simchas Beis Shoeva because if you hold that you can have the Simchas Beis Shoeva, um, then you on Shabbos and Yantiv, you're certainly going to hold that you can have the Shir of the Korban on Shabbos and Yantiv, and you don't have to record it. That's what the Gemara says here. By the Kamibliki Bishir Shashoeva, the only reason that what's recorded as far as a dispute is that of the Simchas Beis Shoeva is Ladiach Hakocha de Rabbi Yosi Rehuda is to teach you right the Koch the Hetera of the Mekel over here of Rabbi Yosi Rehuda that Filo de Shoeva Nami Dachi. That he's even doicha the simchas b'shoeva, and certainly that would be all the more so true with regards to the shira of the korban. However, that so, so all we've done really is minimize the damage and say that it's not a double steer to Yosef's shita. Um, it's but the fact of the matter is that didn't re- doesn't really work as we see in the hemshach here of the Gemara says v'adikatani zehu chalil shoeva. Right? At the end of the day, what do we have? Our Mishnah. Nobody seems to be arguing on our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says that the playing of the, uh, of the flute, as we said, right? Perk Hechalil is actually not Doche Shabbos or Yantiv, right? As the Gemara says, Sheino Doche lo Shabbos v'lo es Yantiv. Zehu de'eino Doche aval the Korban Doche. So not only that, right? Our Mishnah seems to, if you're Medayik in the Mishnah, right? The inference is, that, in fact, the Simchas Beis Shoeva is not Doche Shabbos and Yantiv, but the Korban is Mani. So who would be the author of our Mishnah? If, in fact, you said that, that Rabbi Yossi holds it to Machlokas in both, who would be the author? Can't be Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Huda, who we say is Mekil, because he's even Mekil by Simchas Beis Shoeva. Has to be our Mishnah's following the Rabbanon. And, in fact, the Rabbanon hold what? Just to summarize, right, what the halacha is, what we kind of intuit the halacha to be, which is what our Mishnah implies, which is that the Simchas Beis Shoeva is not done on Shabbos and Yantiv, but the Shear of the Karbanos is done on Shabbos and Yantiv. So Rabbi Yosef really made an attempt to understand it, or at least whatever, he had a Masorah that understood it differently, but we have used our Mishnah in its simplest meaning to say that Rabbi Yosef uh, did not have, right, the, the correct approach. The correct approach is what we just said. Simchas Beis Shreva, not Yantiv, and the Shear of the Karbonus is. So now we're four lines up from the wide, on and Aleph and Aleph, and the Gemara is going to talk more about the song with the Karbonus. I know this is a favorite topic of Andrew's, so here, you're welcome, Andrew. Here we go. My time of demand, Amar Iker Shir Bakli. 
Why would anybody think, oh, we're getting into the underpinnings here of the Mechlokas. Why would anybody think that the band is the main thing, right? You're, did you get the band yet for uh, Panina's wedding, Andrew? Yeah, you're working on it? All right, we should, I, I'm looking forward. Because some people, like I know when my kids got married, they thought the band was the main thing. So what was their source, that the band is the main thing? Okay, so follow this. Chizkiyahu is saying, bring the, olas, uh, bring the Ola up, okay? This is Achaz, who was Chizkiyahu's father, was an absolute disaster. He, he made the Beis HaMikdash very, very defiled indeed with all kinds of Rahman So when his But his son was kind of like uh, revit, revitalizing. He was revitalizing the Jewish people. He was a big Kirov king. That's why his death was so incredibly tragic. As David Katz talked about in Kinos recently on Tisha B'Av. But be that as it may, this was, this was not, this was before his death. This was when he was in the peak of his powers, cleaning up the base of uh, Mikdash from all the Avodah Zarah and bringing in all the song and like really rejuvenate, rejuvenating the religious life of the, of uh, Yisrael at the time. So he's saying, Bring all the instruments. We're going to make a party. It's going to be amazing, right? We're going to bring the karbanas, It really connects the bringing of the Ola to the song, right? When you're bringing up the korban Ola, you're going to bring the song. Sounds like everything's together. The singing, the trumpets, the clay David, meaning right, the all the instruments, beautiful, right? So let's do this. Let's let's make it all part. It's mashma of the carbon. Oh. So Gemara says, "My time of demand, So with all that having been said, how can you say that the kalim are not part of the of the shira of the carbon, and only the choir is? So we have an earlier source when Shlomo Melech was building the base of Mikdash. It says, "Dichsev Interesting, interesting. It says that there was a sort of like a unified song amongst the trumpeters and the singers. Kol Echad. Kol Echad is also a great name for like a uh, a cappella band, right? Kol Echad. Now, so now they had one voice. Now you might ask, wait a minute, Chatzotzos is instruments. It's trumpet. So Rashi Bavorns anticipates that kasha and says, The Chatzotzos were always part of the Karban Musaf and Karban uh, Tamid. This is the last Rashi before the Mishnah over here towards the bottom. Um, and, and therefore that, that kasha is, is knocked away. The Chatzotzos isn't the band. The Chatzotzos is accompanying the Karban. You'll notice the Chatzotzos are also mentioned in the previous uh, Pasuk that we mentioned. Anyway, it's not the band. Leaves out the band, only says kol echad, and therefore that is the source that it's only the, the choir and not the band. Okay. So ve'idach nami, so now what is each of these shitas going to do with the other pasuk? So he says, what are you going to do if you hold that it's only the choir? What you know, and his referencing of the band implying that's part of the karban, how do you understand that? Says the Right? That you start with the shear, because that's really the only thing that's shear Hashem. And Aidei Klay David, Melech Yisrael, Levasume Kala. Right? In other words, when you follow the Pasuk, it starts and talks about singing. And then it 
out of exuberance, it talks so talking about and we'll get a band and it's gonna be great, but that's only what we call levasume kala to enhance the sound. Certainly it does. When you have musical accompaniment, it certainly does make it more beautiful, but it's not part of the ikr. It's not an integral part of the korban. Okay. Okay, so if you hold that, so if you hold to the band, what do you do with this call echad pasuk by Shlomo Melech? So according to the version that the band is part of the Iker Karban, you are going to put some, um, some significance on these trumpets. You're not going to say that it's only referencing the trumpets that usually accompanied the Karban, right, Tamid, and the Karban Mosaf, but it is an allusion to musical accompaniment of the band. And so there we have both shitas supported in those psukim. Beautiful. So now we're on the Mishnah. It's a long Mishnah towards the bottom. And we're going to get into the Simchas Beis HaShoeva in earnest, guys. So let's party. Here we go. If you never saw the Simchas Beis HaShoeva, you've never seen true Simcha in your life. I love this comment of the Meiri that the Art School quotes. It's, you never saw true Simcha. In other words, it doesn't mean you've never been happy in your life. Don't get me wrong. But he never saw Simcha in its truest form. The Motzah Yontav Arishon Shilchag. Here, what they, what they used to do. So, first night of Cholomoed. Woo! So much fun. Yordu Lezus Nashim. They go down to the Lezus Nashim. Metaklin Shem Tikkun Gadol. And they make a great Tikkun. This is, you know where this is going. Kiddush, fire, instruments. A great, great idea here. Yordu Shem, by the way, Rashi explains. This has to do with the topography. I thought that that was interesting. Right, he's, he's explaining, yeah, Bishipua, Shalmata, he meant Bishipua, ahahar. The Ezusnashim is down the hill, so to speak, and that's why the Besamekdash is so constructed, topo- topographically. Anyway, they're making a Tikkun Gadol. This is going to be a big matzav. Menorah shall zahav ayusham. Great golden menorahs. Ve'arbas falim shall zahav be'roshehem. Four golden bowls on top of them. That's going to have the oil that's going to burn all night long. Ve'arbas sulamas l'kolecha de'becha. They're getting ready now. They got the... Gold, they got the ladders. Maybe they were golden also, it doesn't say. Anyway, the ladders going up for each of these massive chandeliers. We see Yeladim really means like teenagers or like young, um, um, right? They are going up, the young ones. And you got to be young and strong to carry this 120 lugs of oil. You want to get into the Tosfos Yantav and the Arach Lander about all the symbolism you should lift her 120, Moshe Rabbeinu, 120, the, the concept of tshuva, because that's, that's the, um, the generation that, uh, of Noah had the opportunity. I mean, it all gets mixed in here. Water, may Noah, back to the Shisin, the water coming out of the, of the earth, right? The symbolism here is, it's replete with celebration and symbolism, okay? And they poured, right, this 120 lug into each bowl, which is it, right? And then, okay, Okay, what did they use as the wicks on these giant things? They used the old worn out michnasahim of the kohanim, the old big day kahuna. Their pants and their belts. Now, there's a question why it doesn't mention their, their actual coats and their tunics. That's a shayla. It's also an interesting idea, right? 
how you could do it. Rashi goes through the trouble of telling you Shayu Mishel Tzibur. That these were like bought out and poda, so to speak, from the communal funds. The issue here being, we've already discussed this in Masechus Yuma, what is in fact the fate, right, of these worn out clothing? It's Tashmishe Kedusha. Like you would think maybe you would put it in Shemus. So one suggestion is, what is a holier way of handling it than to use it for the wicks of the Simchas Beis Shoeva? At least when you're using it, let's mitzvah, right? So then that is a, that is certainly one way to use the worn out Shemata clothing that you no longer wearable, um, for this holy purpose, okay? There wasn't a courtyard in Yerushalayim that wasn't illuminated. It lit up the whole town. Okay. Now, right, all the Hasidim, and not just the Hasidim, but the Misnagdim who were on Shemaisa were all dancing together and, and all the Rosh Yeshiva together. As we turn to Nun Aleph and Bez, the party continues. As we say, they're Juggling flame torches, incredible. And of course, the singing praises to Hashem. Could imagine the celebration. The Levium, they have all their countless instruments. Uh, Kinar is a, is a, um, is, is kind of, a, it says here a harp and a lyre. I always thought it was a, um, a violin and a harp, whatever it is, a harp and a lyre. And then the symbols, right? as we know, the trumpets. Vachat shir below mispar. Fascinatingly, the Khalil is not mentioned, which is the name of our parak. But that it's so dominant that we know that it's there. But anyways, all of these incredible band, um, the string instruments, the wind instruments. Where did the band stand? On the 15 steps down, the lead from, right? The Ezra Yisrael to the Ezra Nashim. We mentioned this a lot of times. We talked about Midos and we talked about Masechus Yuma and we talked about these 15 steps to the Ezra Snashim. We always mentioned um, that it references the Shir Hamalos. There again is a, a lot of symbolism. First of all, um, those, those 15 songs. Here it's Mefurish in the Mishnah. And there again, it goes back amazingly, amazingly. The Gemara is going to explain. This is going to be a Nun Gimel on Sunday. Um, all of the, all of, back to the shisim, right? The, the, the shisim that have, have something to do with the water rising for 15,000 amos, uh, corresponding to the 15 steps, right? Obviously very, very deep symbolism in the shisim and the source of water and water and how it re- represents Torah, etc. Anyway, so obviously a, a, an unbelievable simcha here. The Amdushnei Bishahar Elyon, which is, as the Gemara Numa Lamad Ches explains, it's the Shar Nikanor. And they're standing there, the Kohanim. Shiyard Me'ezus Yisrael Ezus Nashim. Those were so named for Nikanor, who had the great, right, as you might recall, Messiah um, Snefesh in bringing the doors. Okay. They're holding the trumpets. Okay. The Kohanim are holding the trumpets. Uh oh, what's going to happen? Kara Hagever. There's a crier. And he calls out, And then he gave them out Asiris. And then they reach the tenth step. And then talk over here Then he gives Lazara. Then he reach the Ezra's Nashim. And then he says, And then so on and so forth. Right? They're going eastwards now, heading out, right? Away from the Kaddish Kaddashim in that direction, as we discussed many times in Mesechus Yuma. And then, 
first of all, daf yomi coincidence. We're almost with Rosh Hashanah upon us. Rosh Hashanah, Masechah, Rosh Hashanah, Lamed Gimel. We're going to learn where in the Psukim this Tria Tkia Tchirua Tkia sequence is learned from. Where is the source for that? Be that as it may, that was the sequence that they used to blow right in this part of this Simchas Beis Shoeva. Then they would walk out, so to speak, of the base of Mikdash, so to speak. Right? They the Shari Yotzim Mizrach Hagil, the Shari Yotzim Mizrach Hafu Puneim Mizrach Lamarv. Then as they were about to walk out eastward, they turn back towards the Kaddish Kaddashim. And they say, When our Avos were in this place, our forefathers, Isn't that fascinating? Don't, do you ever notice that we get more holy as we go westward towards the western wall, but obviously towards the Kaddish Kaddashim, which is in the western part? So now we're making a statement of significance to that. Our forefathers... Where, where did they worship in those days, the Ovdei Avodah They worship, first of all, the sun, right? The sun rises in the east. And so they used to pray eastward, uh, like we do in America. But they used to pray eastward towards the sun in Israel. They're saying, ah, we're Badafka not doing that. We're going to walk eastward, face the sun, and then turn our backs to the sun and pray westwards, not to the sun, but in co- great contrast to Kaddish Baruch Hu. That's what they did. But we are towards Ka. Yud. Right? They say, they turn to the sun, we're turning to Hashem. And Rabbi Yehuda says, we're turning to Hashem, and Hashem is turning to us. It's almost like a matzchilim bignus u'msayim b'shvach, right? That we say in the in the Haggadah, mitchila of the avodah right? They say that's what they used to do, and in great contrast, we are zocha, right, to have uh, the ability to face Hakadosh Baruch Hu, as it were. Okay. So now the Gemara says, Tanur Baruch, Mishal Oraos Simchas Beis Shreve, Oraos Simchas Yamav. And as we said, right? So if you never saw that, you never saw a, sim- a true simcha. If you never saw Yerushalayim in its true glory, you never saw a beautiful city in your life. And if you never saw the base of Mikdash in its full glory, you, didn't, you haven't seen what a magnificent structure could really look like. So Gemara asks, my he, which base of Mikdash is referred to? This is a fascinating. Rashi does the math. Well, it has to be Hurdus. Why? Because who's saying this? Tanaim, who never saw the base of Mikdash Sharishon. Okay? Uh, but the base of Mikdash Shani was no good. I mean, it wasn't as good as the base of Mikdash Sharishon. We know that. It wasn't no good, but it wasn't as great as the base of Mikdash Sharishon. So, how could they make that statement? They only could have made that statement once Hordas rebuilt and renovated the second base of Mikdash. Now it was even more magnificent, presumably, than even the first in terms of its grandeur. That's what's going on. Okay, the Maibanya. Well, what was so great? Like, what did he do already that was so amazing? So, Amarava, Be'avne, Shesha, Umarama. He had incredible stones, green and white, marble, undulating, looked like a sea, as we'll see. Wow. Some say green, blue, white. Just this incredible visual effect. Apik Safa Vayal Safa, a rose stone protruding, another one recessed. And that's how he did it. 
because he didn't. He wanted to hold the cement in a very special way. He had a special construction here for two, not not to be seen, or maybe he borrowed it. But basically, he used the most beautiful construction and the most beautiful right materials. Sovereign the Then once he had this all worked out, he wanted to gold plate it. And Amalei Rabbanon Shavke, a a design, an interior design choice of the Rabbanon. They overruled Hurdus' decision. They said, leave it like this. This beautiful, it's so beautiful. This is even more beautiful. It looks like the swirling colors of the sea, as Rashi says. It looks like waves. It's beautiful. Right? Different. It's like a visual illusion of, of the sea. I mean, you're just going to gold plate everything. It's going to be ungepachke and hungarish. Make it like this beautiful, natural, sea-like look. And then they overruled Hurdus on this interior design choice. Tanya. This is an additional thing that's fascinating. The shul, what we'd call the great synagogue, Amazingly, in Alexandria, we're going to learn two major things, sugyas, that are in this, embedded in this Gemara. Number one, uh, we're going to learn about Mechitza, as we'll see, right? All of the sugyas and all of the halacha and rabbisha uh, that discuss Mechitzas comes from this. And also the sugya of whether you're allowed to live in Mitzrayim. Turns out, the biggest great synagogue was in Mitzrayim, right? And listen to the description of this incredible shul. Um, it was the, the Bnei Jacob Shari Zion of its day. Amru Kimin Basiliki Gedolaisa. First of all, it was built like a beautiful giant basilica, right? They call it the Diva Plustun, the, 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 um, right? The Rashi explains that's a Greek, right? Shnaim Sarim, like a metropolis, come on, metropolin, like a metropolis. Basically, it's a beautiful name for a massive, impressive building. Okay, so it had this basilica, stav lifni mistav, benches inside concentric rows of benches, gorgeous. Pamim shayuba shishim shishim flaim mitzrayim. Sometimes there was 600,000 plus another 600,000, twice the number of the, this is, is there an irony here? Are you sensing irony, Barry? Twice the number of Jews that left Mitzrayim are now in the shul in Mitzrayim. Okay. Vayuba shivim vachas ter shivim vachas sanhedre gedola. Incredible, right? These giant, right? Uh, all, all the, all the, uh, the board of the shul was seventy-one members, like the Sanhedrin, all sitting in these giant gold chairs on the th- thrones on the front of the shul on the mizrachvant. Kol achas veachas ein apchusa meesrim vearba ribo kikrei zahav. Each one of these massive thrones was no less than like twenty-one thousand gold kikars, insane. Uvima shall eats beamtsiasa, this nice wooden platform in the middle, some sort of symbolism perhaps. Um, uh, by the way, in some fine halachic significance in the construction in regard to where the bima should be placed. Uh, and maybe it's like the Mizbech that had some wood within it, I don't know. The Khazan Biyado is such a massive shul that what happened? Oh the, there is another she, uh, issue here, the Masechas Brachas issue. Listen to this. How do you say Amen? This is such a massive shul. 1.2 million people. Have you ever seen such a shul? And in order to say Amen, you have to wave the flag so people know what's going on. He would wave the flag to say Amen. In, in Shomrei, when it's time for Kaddish, they don't, they, they go, Yartzai. I love that. Shomrei is the best. Anyway, 
We're very lucky to have two great shuls here. Uh, we probably have, we, we, it's an embarrassment of riches in Baltimore. We have like a hundred awesome shuls. Anyways. And they did not sit in some, in some disarray. Do you think there was not set seating? Oh, yeah. Listen to this. Listen to how they separated out. You had the goldsmiths, the kasafim b'fnei the silversmiths, napachim b'fnei blacksmiths, tarsayim b'fnei They had all the different occupations sitting in their own row, linked in, Barry, linked in, networking, literally networking. Look at what it says. Napachim b'fnei tarsayim b'fnei Andrew, you should uh, work this out into the gelt system. Gardayim b'fnei the weavers, k'she'ani nichnas sham, and a poor man, so to speak, right? A guy who's just starting out. Right, this is a topic that resonates with you. Somebody who's looking for Parnassa, right? He wants to start a business, he's a young guy, he just came out of, you know, 10 years in Kolel, and he wants to uh, get involved in business to support his family. So he figures out, you know, what he's good at, what he likes to do. He finds the seat where those guys are sitting, gets a reservation to sit there. Networks, gets in, and they bring him in, and there he gets the Parnassa. You thought I was kidding. It says it to Farish that that was the purpose of this seating. Okay. However, apparently there was something unsavory about this massive shul because everybody was slaughtered. So that's, that's, a, that's a downer. Why? Well, the Abarbanel, uh, in, I, I would not have known this, but um, points out, well, first of all, the Alexandros Mokdan, Alexander of Macedonia is Alexander the Great. However, historically, that's impossible. That's what the Abarbanel points out. All right. Whoever this individual was, he slaughtered everyone. Why? What was the Avera? My time, Ayanchu. What was so bad? Mishum de Avre Ahakra, because they transgressed the following Pasuk. Right? When they left Mitzrayim, they were not supposed to go back to Mitzrayim. This is not an obscure Pasuk. This is a Pasuk in. Devarim, you're not allowed to settle in Egypt. You have to look at the Rambam and Hilchas Malachim. Problem is, you have to look at the Rambam's own life. He lived in Egypt. What is going on? So some say that supposedly the Rambam's son said that he, he, did, he started every letter with, I'm, I'm living in sin, so to speak, because I'm living in Mitzrayim. Others say, we've seen manuscripts of the Rambam that don't say that. And there's many potential explanations for why you would. Maybe it's only us to go from Eretz Yisrael to Mitzrayim. Maybe if you have to do the Parnassa, you could do it. And if you have like a reason, or maybe because the Sultan was kind of holding him hostage because he was the doctor, right? There could be any one of a number of reasons, but certainly anybody who's in Gullus, whether in Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim is worse, Right, it's the, but because it has this pasuk, okay. Um, but anybody who's got to always look towards Eretz Yisrael. But inu hador asu. But they actually, but right to make this giant, incredibly huge shul in Mitzrayim was was a little much. Put it that way. Ki asa. So when Alexander came, Ashkechinu da avukar b'sifra, he found them reading the pasuk from the Torah. Yisa Hashem alecha goymer achok. The pasuk, in fact, says right. He like walks into shul and in Kriyat Torah they're reading from Devarim. Where it says that Hashem is going to bring a nation to, to take you out. Amar Mechdi says, wait a minute. It usually takes me 10 days to get here. I had a little bit of kvitsis aderach getting over here. Ah, Hashem's sending me a sign that I'm that guy. I'm that guy in the Pasuk. I'm, it must be my role to slaughter everybody. So he took it upon himself to be Mikhail in this Pasuk. And he went and slaughtered everybody. Okay. And so we're here. Bimotse Yontiv. 
which is, right, the two dots, um, seven lines up. You have a little bit here. My tikkun gadol, it says that there was a tikkun gadol. So we thought it made a huge kiddush. The tikkun gadol that's talking about here is they put up the mechitza. Amar Belazar, keosa shashaninu, chalaka haisabarishona, vikifua gzuzatra, right? Vizkinushiyu nashim yashvasum alav and nashim lamata. They made a, the balcony with nashim on top and then the, the, the men below, as we do in so many shuls. That wasn't the original configuration. Women inside, men outside. They call us Rosh. It wasn't good. So they tried to switch it with the women outside. They call us Rosh. It was just too close. They put the balcony and it was good. How could they do this? It sounds like all the blueprints were already given to David and Melch. They looked at a pasuk. In other words, it wasn't the blueprint, but it is in fact in a in a pasuk. As Rashi explained, the last Rashi that uh, the pasuk was that you can't have kilkel, and from that they deduced the uh, mechitza. Rav Moshe uses this gemara to say, well, you see, they had a havamina to not have the mechitza. Maybe seeing each other is not problematic, and he was making on some mechitzas where they weren't so tall, um, but. Uh, some others argue with him. Obviously, this is the source of that discussion. And so we finish with the very last word on Nun Aleph.